0: you're listening to the extra podcast a podcast produced by northview community church each episode we discuss a current event a theological or cultural topic and answer a listener's question we take our faith seriously but we don't take ourselves too seriously so we invite you to laugh with us or at us and we hope you enjoy this episode as Pastors Ezra, Darcy, Jeff, and myself, Greg, are going to talk about some highlights and lowlights of the Extra podcast because it's our 400th episode. We also talk about hospitality in the local church, the genre of fantasy in our entertainment, and we're going to hear about Ezra's love for Scottish kilts. If you want to learn more about Northview, go to northview.org. And if you have a question you want to, us to answer in an upcoming episode, email extra at northview.org. Thanks for listening to the Extra Podcast. Uh, Joining me around the table for this episode is uh, Pastor Ezra, our Executive Pastor of Ministry Development. Hey, Greg, what's up? Darcy Kuhn, our Pastor of Community at our Downs Road campus. Hey, Greg, what's down? And Pastor Jeff Buckenham, our Lead Pastor of Northview.
1: Thank you, Greg, for that very exciting introduction. Aren't you excited to be, Greg? I haven't been on the podcast an awful lot. I got like s- a lot of things to say to you people.
0: It's been, it's been a long break. Oh, last week was our, so. Here's the deal. Last week, I said that it was episode 397, and that's because apparently I just I can't read numbers or words <laughs> for that matter. And so it was actually last week was actually episode 399, which means this week. 400. It is episode 400 of The Extra Podcast.
1: Whee!
2: Yeah, but you you told everybody it was 397. I listened to that one. That's what I just said. Now, nobody's going to listen to the not next two. Exactly. Because you're going to wait for 400. No, I'm just going to not... tune into the 400. Really? No, that's how... I mean, I didn't listen to any from 200 until 300. I listened to the 300th episode, right. and I was waiting for the 400. So here's, here's what
0: uh, we're going to do today, is we... Uh, we're we're breaking up the podcast into three sections we're talking about some current events about something theological or or cultural and then uh, listener questions so today for the current event i thought the current the, the thing going on in the world most right now is the 400th episode of the podcast that is, <laughs> that is true and it is so, tweeting so we <laughs> it's it's tweeting right now it's tweeting it's <laughs> tweeting big time so i invited darcy into the room uh, mark perch was here yeah but we asked him to leave Uh, And he texted us and was very upset about it. But we asked Darcy in the room because Darcy, you were the very first host of the extra podcast, correct?
2: Yeah. yeah. And then Jeff told me don't come anymore. Right. Darcy, remember (laughs) those episode five? uh... So
0: talk to me about those first few episodes, Darcy. You you are asked to do the podcast. Yeah. Where did it take place? Who were the regular contributors? And gosh. Uh, just you know, take Wait, us on a on a journey down memory lane.
2: Yeah, so I think Jeff it was your idea that you wanted to do a podcast, and you wanted to do it like this is in the infancy of podcast. So this is like world. 1980. What? Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> and we we did it upstairs in one of the old with
1: classrooms. A, yeah, with the same blanket. With that the is same blanket the table right oh, yes, now. Yes,
2: this is the only thing that is carried through. We yeah, had one microphone in the middle of the table that right. we all just kind of talked it. into. Yeah. And Ezra was on. Uh-huh. Greg, you were on for a mm-hmm. lot of those. Okay, Jeff was on. Were you not? I don't, Why are you looking funny at me? You I were on think. a lot. And Jeff? Yeah. We so stared is, at the microphone. We all hovered around it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> some some <laughs> of us would sit behind, and then we'd invite people in. Who were uh, new to it, and they would be thrown off by the fact that there was one microphone, <laughs> and so some of them would get transfixed
2: on that microphone. <laughs> Just looking like, at like it. Like, put their arms around it and stare at it. <laughs> or lean right into it lean when right they talk. Up <laughs> the <laughs> <back> up, buddy. <laughs> really loud. It's good. <laughs> but a lot of them was this group of four right here. Right now, was it not? Or is yeah. my memory going... And I remember, so we're, we're now in a different room. We each have mics, we have headphones, that's crazy. and we have a producer. Stephanie Lang yeah. is in the room. I forgot to introduce you. Yeah, yeah well, no, that's, that's why I brought it up, oh. Craig. You're such a rookie at this. Gosh. And um, so I'm in shorts, and a short sleeve shirt, and Ezra <laughs> is in <laughs> like a snowsuit. <laughs> like, in those early episodes, you would wear a toque, you'd wear a parka, Yes, and the rest of us would be fine. So it was do, April. Do, do, do yeah. you remember? Do you remember? Things have not changed.
3: <laughs> no, they they hardly change. Do you remember the episode where we did uh, a video podcast? Oh yeah, yeah, and we were all seated around a that table, or oh, it was the same table times. with yeah, the same the table, same, same same table, same tablecloth, same room. Yeah, it was good times. Some man, we had some oh, good some loves. good memories. I yeah, thought that story was podcast. going somewhere. That really was no, no, kind of dry. Story, No, no, no. The story was going somewhere. It was going. somewhere. Oh, okay, good. But Back in those days, we used to get people who brought us lunch sometimes.
2: Yes. And snacks. And snacks. Until, do you remember? I can't. A bacon fudge episode. Oh, yeah. Somebody baked fresh bacon fudge, brought it to us. And Jeff, your reaction to that was? (laughs) Not positive. (laughs) (laughs) It it was a little over the top, did as we, I recall. And did we, we never a, got any more baking? That was the end of it. We
1: got
0: a little entitled with the baking. It got to our heads. We were starting yeah. to get mad at people for bringing
2: us baking. We're, wow, that was it. This is beneath me. And Jeff was
3: Jeff. Yeah.
2: And that was the end of it. And my, I think my favorite part was, I can't remember what we called it. Was it like pet peeves? Yeah, we but had, we, but we had a, a little rant sections. Well, a little rant section. Yeah. Yeah, you just would go off and that I would, would be have it. Something and that would be it. <laughs> but uh, we started the podcast because there was, after Jeff in particular doing most of the preaching here, he'd prepare, of course, all week. You're getting hot, Ezra. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, he heard a zipper. Everybody heard, heard that, that zipper. <laughs> so Jeff would do all this preparation all week. And then there's so much you have to cut out of your message, that yeah. there just isn't time to give all this, so it was kind of like, here's the fourth point, or here's a little bit extra from the sermon from that's what weekend, we called that it the weekend that I want to give you, and we called it extra, yeah. And it's good to see you've abandoned that totally and not doing that anymore. Oh, we've no, gone true. through
1: several iterations now, and we are back kind, kind of to uh, some of the original, although we're right. we're trying to improve the podcast a little bit right now, I, trying to make it a little bit more professional, that's why Stephanie's here. She's in charge of the professional. Yeah, but it's the same jokers at the mic, so how
0: are you going to... But I think you will notice, hopefully in the upcoming episodes, uh, increased degrees of... (laughs) Effort. Effort and betterness. (laughs) Just just betterness overall. And
2: better words. Yeah.
0: No, betterness works. Betterness. So, Darcy, give me one of your all-time favorite Podcast highlights. It doesn't have to be, it could be something very poignant. It could be, uh, okay. How about one not. that
2: bombed that I thought would be funny? Okay. <laughs> and, and, yeah. one that was just odd. So I thought if I brought these cards called Who Am I? It's so it's like a Bible trivia game and you give out clues yeah. and then you try to guess who it is. And, I don't know. Do you guys remember that one? Yeah. It just fell totally yeah, it flat. Didn't, it like Because you guys yeah. couldn't get any of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite surprised. Then I went back after, looked at the clues, and went, these are really vague. Like, it oh. could be anybody. Right. But the one really weird one we did on the bus. Remember? We were oh. on a school bus. Oh, yeah. And in fact, I think the episode was called Wheels on the Bus. Yeah. We're going and to Vancouver. We're going to, to Vancouver. And one Caps game.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: So it was just a bunch of guys yes. in there. And we tried to do a podcast. And of course, that was just did a disaster. We, did that go up? Yeah. Yeah. We ran that episode? Yes. That was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> there have been a lot of bad ideas. <laughs> but you know what? People, I think, always, remember we get comments about, oh, you guys banter too much at the beginning. And, and then, then other people say, you yeah. do banter enough.
1: Then we stopped the bantering. Did we? And just got serious. Not, yeah, and then we got serious, and people stopped listening. And now we've included more banter so, right now. Well, kind of. This is a, yeah.
0: No, this is a segment, Darcy. this, oh, this is, is an actual we're looking, segment. We're looking yeah. back on the podcast. That's the current event. Can I give talking. my
2: favorite oh, that's the moments? Oh, yeah, I
0: wanted to go around the table. What do you got, Jeff? Well,
1: I I liked the, uh, the Cold War that developed between my friend Brian Hurlbut, who came along, and Andy Steiger for mm-hmm. a period of time about which one of them... Which one of their their books is going to be valuable in the long run? And I, I just found that to be delightful. And to, the answer was neither. Neither, no. <laughs> uh, who knew who knew that was going to happen? Uh, but yeah, it was great. Apparently, I really, with really,
0: Stock and self published <laughs> have, have the
1: same impact. Yeah. So <laughs> we've got a storeroom full of thinking books, <laughs> and uh, I don't. Brian sold like four of those books <laughs> for <of> his. <laughs> So they're good books, both of them. They That's are. not a they sign that books. they're not good books, but I, I, I just, uh, I loved the Cold War that developed mm. between, you know, they just sat and stared at when Brian came yeah. and was on the podcast once and Andy was here, I think, and they just stared at each other, f- daring which one was going to move first. Brian had his hand on his holster. I totally. Because like, he's so American. There you go. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. Ezra, highlight or uh, d- retrospective something.
3: Um, I have
1: another one before Ezra <clears throat> goes. Yeah.
0: Before he goes. Okay, yeah, you go. Chris, yeah, you think.
3: Chris. Yeah,
1: the bacon-wrapped wrap, bacon sausages we had at one time from the Mennonite Girls Can Cook. Mm. That was a highlight. Yeah, <laughs> Very much so. So, ladies, if you're out there, shout Mennonite Girls <laughs> Can Cook. Episode 401. Mm. We would love more
3: bacon-wrapped oh. sausages. Ezra. That was good times. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, a couple of highlights for me. The first would be, uh, when uh, Embers uh, would bring us lunch. Mm, and the, pork. their pulled pork sandwiches. Yep. That was some good eating, yep. as we're discussing and having a wonderful lunch. It was good times. Who but you knew that Rob, who brought those to us, would end up working at Northview? I know. So, now we can
2: have them whenever we want.
3: Yeah, pulled pork sandwich. Can we, we have don't. it now? No, but we what?
2: don't. We don't, though. Well, 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 why don't you text him? Okay, I'm on it.
3: Yeah, get on it, quick. Um, the, other, the other memory uh, would be, I guess, Jeff and I getting into it, particularly around this issue that he really enjoys, this activity that he engages in, uh, yoga, uh, where he, he, he enjoys to indulge, and yeah. I call him out on his pagan practices. He's very <laughs> flexible. So <though>. it's pretty. <laughs> Imagine
1: me doing yoga.
3: <laughs>
0: Don't
2: you do the hot yoga? <laughs> that would be the worst.
3: Okay, Even that imagine? image. That image is not... I cannot, no. I cannot remove this image from my no. head.
0: We need to find a way to make that image of Jeff's face superimposed on someone doing yoga. The
3: picture for the 400th podcast. Downward dog. I'm oh, sure God. we have someone
0: who can make that happen. Oh,
3: man. Mm. Those, those good times. And I remember that conversation had... Uh, what's his name? Graham Nichol. Yeah. As one of our elders here, and he was right into it, like you too. Yeah, he loves and not like me. <laughs> I'm just not, just not a
2: legalist like Ezra. The, wow. I, you know what the scariest though? Do you remember Ezra talking about the night walkers? Oh, oh yes. the night runners. Night runners. Yes. Night walkers, you can outrun. What yeah. are <laughs> na- Ezra for those? Who, <laughs> the night runners take yoga,
1: so they're <laughs> faster. Remind Uh-oh. us what the night runners
3: were. Take oh, yoga. The night runners. So in in Africa. Uh, there are individuals who, just normal people during the day, but then in the evening, so they'll go to bed like everybody else, uh, PJs on everything. But then in the middle of the night, so it, it could be your spouse, it could be your brother whom you're sharing a room with or sister or whatever. In the middle of the night, call it about one thirty in the morning. And in Africa, there's no street lights or anything like that, just in a remote village. All of a sudden, you'd you would think there was a horse in the room with you because the breathing is so heavy. And this individual would wake up, go to the front door, and then undress, so they'd be buck naked. And then they would just take off. And that again, they're possessed by demons, usually. And uh, all they do is just create nuisance and uh, scare people and things like that. So let's say... Uh, You were traveling, and you had to take a very early morning bus, so you have to make your way to the bus uh, station at 6 in the morning or 5.30. The sun is not up yet. Uh, It would not be uncommon for you to encounter some of these night runners, and they'd be throwing things at you. They'll be hurling human feces at you. They'd be, yeah, like really bizarre. And they'd also have other wild animals with them, snakes, uh, leopards, uh, running alongside of them like it's r- really bizarre and it's it's a big thing and and uh, in order to be to be a part of the night running world or for them to pass on this demon to you, uh, they could do so by either giving you something cold to drink or they would prick themselves the needle and prick you not prick you to hurt, mm-hmm. but just to scratch and you just kind of like oh something scratched me but it's not a, it's not gonna hurt or anything like that. But uh, that's how they'd pass it on to you. And so I remember growing up, my mom was always cautious to say, Ezra, you will never accept anything cold from anybody. I'm like, why? Like if someone gave me a, a Popsicle or whatever, why can I? My mom was so firm with us growing up. And then she began telling us, well, this is what this is what goes on in the culture here. So and I, I know for many naturalists who live in North America who, yeah, you know, there's a spiritual world, but not really. Some of these ta- tales seem to be like fantasies, but trust me, anyone who's been a missionary to Africa for a long period of time, they'll tell you, yeah, there is just, there's another world mm. out there. So, yeah. So that's Night Runners for you, Jeffrey. That sounds delightful, Ezra. Yeah. <laughs> delightful? It's not the word I would use. No. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to sleep <laughs> tonight ridiculous. now. Yeah, no sleeping. Good times. Actually, you can if Google. If want, somebody
1: wants to email you about that, what they can they can do that?
3: Uh, yeah, sure, iocotianalphy <laughs> You could Google if you Google Night Runners Kenya. Google yeah, it. Google, and you could read about them.
2: I dare online. you to show up at Jeff's house in the middle of the night <laughs> <laughs> and just bang on the door. You don't have to be buck naked, just banging the door. <laughs> you know what
3: would be funny if uh, if Jeff and I went to Africa, dude. I would play a prank on him like this. <laughs> this would be so awesome. Anyway, that's an, for another another episode. Anyway, let's go on.
0: Well, you know the podcast has uh, has been full of all kinds of good moments. I think one of my favorites was uh, two two of our uh, former teaching associates, who are regular contributors to our podcast, John Pazook and Jeremy Lobdell. John. Uh, is like this Rolodex of information and trivia that you could kind of ask him anything and he would have the answer. And I that was always infuriating for me because I'm terrible at all the trivia games. I can't do any of them. So that was annoying. I also, I appreciated when Jeremy was on the podcast because you would always be hearing this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's right,
1: you'd just be.
0: So I was, we were I like, think. are you currently writing an email? Are you looking up the answer <laughs> to the question? So uh, the other thing about early podcast episodes that I thought was great was the inconsistency in the volume, (laughs) depending on who was talking. What what do you mean? People were (laughs) constantly in their cars being like, so then Darcy would ask a question and then Jeff would come in and it would be so loud. What are you talking about? It was was brutal. It it was terrible quality and yet people loved it.
1: Yeah. They don't know. It's too professional. It's too.
0: They don't like the (laughs) professionalism. They, they want the worseness, not the betterness. This is professional. This is more oh. professional. Darcy,
1: I want you to know All that right. your presence here has dropped the professionalism yeah, down significantly.
2: <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> uh, I bring if, 200 bad episodes to this table. That's right. If
0: you uh, are a longtime listener and you are willing to share some of your favorite or least favorite podcast moments, uh, we would love to hear from you. You can email extra at northview.org and in the next few episodes we'll read out a few of those uh ones we uh did not do a good job of leading up to the 400th podcast because it it's was my fault by we you mean it was me i did a bad job i did poorly you so and dead. uh i'm trying to find a way to make it work still you know yeah that's right. the lost episodes <laughs> what happened to those weeks? three Ooh. here's uh here's another question that i have for you guys uh so talking about something kind of church ministry-related, church, uh, local church-related, Darcy, you're in the room, and so I want to take opportunity to, to hear some of your insights on this. Hospitality ministries, when it comes to uh, local churches trying to be uh, accessible, not just accessible, but uh, welcoming and be a place where people feel like they can belong, mm-hmm. my my question for you is partly philosophical, I guess for all of us, partly philosophical, but also partly pragmatic. So how, why do we do it? And secondly, how are some ways that we're trying to do it so that people who are, uh, especially if they attend our Downs Row campus, maybe can be made aware of different ways we're trying to
2: increase connection here. So hospitality, like when you think about inviting people into your house Like You want to make sure that everything you do is going to make that experience enjoyable for them and they feel welcomed. And so when we invite people to church, we want to have that same sort of feeling for them. And so everything we do is is to try to help people connect with each other and just feel more comfortable being here. And I mean, we meet people every week that are, are new here, never been here before. And what they walk away with is what really they'll remember. And so we want to make sure they walk away with a feeling of, this was a place where I feel really welcomed and was warm and and really want to include me in what's happening. So some different ways we, we try to do that is is right from the front doors. When people come in, we want to open the door for them and welcome them there. So there's somebody to say, hey, welcome to our house. Wel- welcome to, to our church. And then they come in and, and they're directed to a coffee area. We, we always when we have somebody to our house, you want to have a beverage for them or give, you know, give them food or something. And so we have cookies and coffee that's there, and that tends to be a place where people can hang out and, and meet some other people even. Uh, they go into our worship center or our different venues, and there's people there that are willing to help them try to, find a, try to find a seat and to make them feel welcome in that way. And then even from the MC and our preachers, just always trying to welcome people that are there. We started food service now, uh, Saturday night, we have a meal, like a full meal that people can come to to meet others. And, and in between services on Sunday, we now have a brunch uh, where we invite people to come and, hey, just come and have brunch and, and meet some new people. And when we did a trial run in spring of this brunch, I had a lady come up to me as I was serving pancakes or whatever I was doing and just say, hey, this was so good. I got to meet a whole bunch of people I never met before uh, at my table. And so that's that's what we want to do. And then we create different community spaces where people can just sit uh, during the week- weekend and and just interact and, and chat with other people. So that's kind of a lot of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes in terms of hospitality that happens here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to talk more about that, but I can talk about well, I now think that outside one of the that. things
1: that a lot of people don't uh, recognize, especially in, in Scripture, is how closely related uh, food and the sharing of a meal is to friendship and welcome. And I'm not saying that that's prescriptive in the sense that the Bible teaches that you should have meals with each other. Mm. It, it is just part of the way the culture has uh, always worked. I'm assuming Ezra in Africa would say the same thing. I know in, in parts of Asia and others, I mean, I the, the way that you... Initiate or signal a relationship with somebody is you you want to go to a meal i mean if you're going to ask a girl out, you say Can I buy you kind of buy a dinner or whatever there's it, it's so central to what mm-hmm. we i don't I don't know why it, it it just we we eat and we talk with one another and uh so especially in a large church like ours, we just feel like it's really a valuable thing to have food along with uh mm. To facilitate, it kind of greases the wheels of community where people feel like they can sit down and they've got stuff in their hands, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a, 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 a cup or they've got a plate of food and they feel yeah. like, you know, like I, I can sit down and eat the food and not feel like I, I'm i a weirdo just standing in a room. You know, I don't have anything and I'm supposed to now talk to other people, which sometimes is why people leave church really early because they're like, ah, oh, man, I just don't like the mingle part at the end. Whereas this gives you an opportunity to actually sit down and not feel weird or anything like that. But um, our goal, actually, in the days ahead is to, mi- is to mix that food and uh, fellowship thing together at every... Kind of almost get in your way while you leave our church, wow. right? Because we just want to make it so that you, you have an opportunity
2: to stop if you, if you want that was part of the reason we went to two services from three. It was right? a big reason. With three, people were just coming in, and then we had to get them out because we needed to get the next group in. Right.
3: So I, I, I would add on to say, I think, um, Darcy, what, you, what your department is doing and has done, and what Northview has done creating these community spaces is awesome, amazing. Uh, I think what makes a community really work as well. Is the fact that people are willing to engage with uh, uh, with, with each other, mm-hmm. in in conversations, in caring for one another, and things like that, meeting new people, and so on. And there'll be people who are probably listening to this podcast saying, "Okay, but but Nofie is very standoffish because I've been there, no one talks to me, and things like that." To each other respond, uh, I think not everyone, and I don't want to guilt people to say, hey, you know what, yes, we have all these community spaces, now you have to really meet the new person, whatever, because not everyone is wired the same way to be extroverted and be outgoing and meeting new people. I will say, Jeff preached uh, a sermon here, and I preached this um, from the same text uh, in Romans 12, about just... uh, Serving the church and in, in your in, in the gifts that you may have, uh, we are all one body of Christ, and we are all gifted differently. And I think there are those in our in our midst who God has gifted. They are extroverted, they are hospitable, they are people who are open to going to talk to strangers and things like that. If that's you, then we'd really love serve the body of Christ at Northview by going out of your way to say hi to someone you've never met at Northview, because not everybody. Will, will, will be gifted that way. Now, not to say that uh, if you're not gifted that, that, that we don't try, but just to say there are others who are really wired in a particular way who, yeah, they can go out of their way to be hospitable, to meet new people, shake hands, get to know someone, invite them over for a lunch or whatever after service, um, things like that. And I think that would make uh, the hospitality and the community that we're trying to f- form here at Northview authentic and real and... Um, this church would be just lively, I think.
2: Yeah, the value of just saying hi to somebody, like looking me in the eye and saying hi, is absolutely amazing. I went and visited a number of churches last year in, in Southern California. and oh, tough ministry. Yeah, it was tough. Thank the, you for the, serving the, us in that way. I'm willing to do it again. Thank you. <laughs> um, the first church I went to was on a Saturday night, and I walked in the doors. There was no greeters or anything, and I stood in the foyer— before the service, I got there early, probably 15 minutes before the service started. Not one person came and talked to me. And so I just tried to make myself busy by reading their brochures. And there's a table of food and I'm going, I don't know if I'm allowed to have this you food. I didn't stop you though, did it? Who it's for. Well, I did go to the popcorn because I thought that I'm taking no matter what. <laughs> I went to another church. is actually ironically called Friends Church. Mm. And by the time I got... In the doors, I had been greeted by three people already. The one guy in the parking lot who was helping with parking ministry, I was new, so I said, where do I park? And he told me, and they said, are you new here? I said, first time here. And he spent probably two minutes telling me all that was going to happen that morning, everything that was happening. Walk in the doors, and I'm greeted by people, and it, like it was, it was a total opposite kind of experience. But hello, friend. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Friends. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's a great church. Was, I'm sure it's
2: great. It was very monotone. and they, they no. friend. It, it was really quite amazing and quite welcoming. But, you know, I think if we have, like, great greeters at the door, great coffee teams, great info people, great ushers that are all very welcoming. But if I sit down in a seat beside somebody who doesn't even give me the time of day when I sit down, I'm probably going to walk out going, man, I, I'm not sure that was a real friendly church. Because... The people that you know had the badges oh, yeah. on were all really friendly, but the other people in the church weren't. So if we just can go out of our way just to say, oh, "You could disarm Hi. people
1: with kindness." Yeah. Uh, at, at at every turn, Ezra, I have a question for you. In something that you said, yeah. Uh, do you really think that? I mean, I'd be interested in people who are listening to this can totally disagree with me. Mm. Uh, I am abs- obviously in. People know when I walk down the hall at Northview; like they know they know who I am, and so I don't uh, probably have the right perspective on this, or at least uh, an unbiased perspective. I I have not heard for several years, though, that uh, that our church is a church where people feel like they walk in and nobody speaks to them.
3: Actually, actually, I've there was a gentleman who stood at the back of our church. Um, not too long ago, who I proceeded to say hi to. And he recognized me because I'm one of the pastors here. And so we talked a little bit, and then he just said, hey, brother, can I give you just some feedback? I said, yeah, sure. And then he told me that I've been coming. This is my third week here. And I come, and I take in the service. Yeah, I try and shake hands, people, but no one has ever gone out of their way to actually know who i am oh that's a sad statement yeah so it's that's what the things you're trying to get away from yeah I, so so what darcy's saying has some merit in the sense that yeah if there's someone sitting beside you just say hey how you doing my name is ezra you okay you're jeff oh great nice to meet you and then enjoy the service hey have a good week so why don't we and do that during
1: it. the service when we have a meet and greet time
3: <sighs> i have an <laughs> idea
0: what if during the service we did a meet and greet time See, Greg. because I yeah. think we don't I think, do that, Greg. Why? I think, Why yeah, yeah.
3: I, I think I think again there are there are some uh, in our midst who are introverts who that is one of the most frightening times of their of their service time, and they've actually said it to me in person, and not just one person who said, "Please, please, please, no, please, no," because they. Again, it's just they, they're they either afraid, I don't know. It's kind I, of I don't perfunctory, you know what I mean, perfunctory. Yeah. Right.
1: It's, it's sort of forced. It's, it's forced. forced. It's shaking forced community. Pass the peace. Hello, peace. I pass you the peace. I pass yeah. you, know, like you're, you're shaking the other you But you piece? know, is but that you know something that you guys, is I that never, a Mennonite phrase? Where do I know that like from? like
0: something drugs related.
3: Maybe, Maybe, Jeff, the next time I preach, I preach like one of the black pastors. You know, turn to the person beside you and say, "God is good. God is good." High five the person beside you. Freddie wants yeah. to do that. Oh dear, Freddie. Freddie wants that to be the way we preach. Touch, oh. It, oh, you, touch you know. your neighbor, say, your say, say God, God loves you. God <laughs> love you. Yeah. Yes, but anyway, to come back to the to come back to your question, Jeff, I think, uh, yeah, there are people who who come here and they feel they feel that they don't they don't connect. Now there are many people who come to Northview. Um, for the first time, and they'll feel like that, and then they get connected to a community group, they begin to serve, and now they have a community around them, and now they know people Mm -hmm. already. And so now they're already in, and so for them, they're now in. They have people whom they know, Mm -hmm. and they'll high-five, they'll spend a few minutes talking about life and work and God and all that.
1: One of our big goals is for you to never leave one of our, our... Whether Downs Road, East Abbotsford Mission... Tri City, like our one of our big goals is for you not to leave our church feeling like you were not welcomed, yeah, and that people were not friendly to you.
3: So, right. so that it always saddens me when I hear I mean, it's, that. It's, case. It is, it is a massive challenge, obviously, being a church our size. Like uh, Jonathan was just saying, uh, the the huge numbers that uh, we received in our fall kickoff, all campuses combined, and so thinking that we are mega church. It's going, to be, it's, it's going to require extra intentionality. True, but some of the friendliest churches I've okay. ever been to okay, have been. Yeah. I mean, one of the friendliest
1: churches I've ever been to is Willow Creek Community Church. There's about 20,000 oh, people go to my church My goodness, there. that was, yeah. And yeah. it's a remarkable um, yeah. place where there's connect. Anyway, so this you, is one of our big goals. I, I have a question. Do you think that we, uh, or let me,
0: let me throw a comment out and you guys can interact with it and tell me if I'm wrong. I think that the introversion of people gets overplayed and is used as an excuse for us to remain unfriendly. In other words, I think most of us who are not like on the other end of extreme extroversion experience some degree of discomfort with people that we don't really recognize. And so our default is to say, I will respond, I'll be reactive in right. my interaction with them rather than proactive. So my question is or comment that you guys can agree with or not is that I think the introversion card gets overplayed as an excuse to not engage with anyone in a friendly manner.
1: Are you saying that it's it's played by the person who's the introvert or it's played by those who are trying to justify not... I'm trying to understand. So
0: I, I guess what I'm saying is that I think that it is, it's easy for someone to say, I'm not going to interact with people around me because I'm an introvert. Oh.
3: See, I think I think uh, if someone is new and they've come to know few, what they're trying to understand, first of all, is how, how am I expected to be? Because I don't want to make a fool of myself. I don't want to be presumptuous. Well, people are like in so, any new setting. Yeah, in any new setting, you, you, you're still uncomfortable. You don't know how to be in that space. So... And if you're an introvert by nature, that just compounds your, your feelings of, okay, I'll just be quiet, and if someone engages me, it's is great. But if someone doesn't engage me, then should I go out and... Um in, in, like intrude in their little pod after the service and talk, like, how do I do this? And so at the end of the day, I just hang around, maybe there's coffee, grab a cookie, okay, maybe it's time for Most of leave. us don't have the self-confidence to step
1: in. Even real that's, extroverts right don't always have the self-confidence right. in new settings, unless they're right. with groups of other people.
2: Right. I think what you see, though, when you come into Northview on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning is you see a bunch of groups of people that are all chatting together. And They've known better. one another. They're laughing and yeah, all that. around yeah. the coffee stations, and and yeah, they they tend to know each other. And I think it's those groups, which we're all part of in some way or another, that need to kind of be watching for the new people that come in. And so if somebody comes in and they're looking around right away, you go, okay, they're new because they don't have a clue where to go. Mm. Then we need to go out of our way to, to just welcome them there and even ask, is this your first time here? And met some people this last weekend. Number of people actually this last weekend, there was their first time at, in church period and also their first time at Northview. Uh we just got to go out of our way. Mm-hmm. And and this, I mean, I'm saying this to everybody listening who hopefully will just
3: take it upon yourself to to say hi to a couple people on a on a weekend. I'd even say, I mean, and and it goes just back to again the message that Jeff preached or I preached in mission, just about us being the body of Christ, yeah. and there are people who, again, being the large church that we are, there are people who God has wired and gifted in particular ways. People who are outgoing, they are they are very um, extroverted, and they don't they are not afraid of meeting new people, being hospitable. You're out there. We would love to have you join. Darcy would love to have you join his team, and he can put you to in in places where we need. Um, Uh, hospitality hosts, guests, whatever, you know?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Darcy, if they want to get in contact with you, uh, what's the way for them to do that? eacoti at (laughs) northview.org. If you go to one of our other campuses, you could email uh, mission at northview.org. Is that an email address? Mission at northview.org. Community at northview.org. Community at northview.org. Or uh, you can email eastabbotsford at northview.org. We'd love to be in touch with you. Not G. Harry said, no, if you don't know. I mean, it comes to me anyways. Yeah. Oh, okay. So
1: it's. Oh, I, think all, I think all the email and the whole thing goes to Craig. Did you know that? Oh, wow. Wow.
0: It's a pretty important email inbox. <laughs> it's a lot of sifting. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's our last question. This is a, a person uh posed this question to us after listening to our last episode, which was uh, obviously episode 399. <laughs> I don't know what anyone else has heard. Uh, And if you want to send a uh, question to the Extra Podcast, uh, email extra at northu.org. Here's the question. I grew up in a very conservative Christian family, so I never participated in trick-or-treating, or or I never watched films like Harry Potter, but I was allowed to watch the Lord of the Rings films. Uh, Both of these were fantasy, uh, but the main difference that I saw was that one was written by a Christian and one was not. Now, I'm a young adult and I enjoy fantasy games and stories And I'm understanding that magic and things in these stories aren't real and only imagination. And I wonder, is there a a spiritual issue with fantasy games, books, and films? So there's a few things going on there. So the the general umbrella that I thought we could kind of talk about is how are we as Christians to engage with the genre of entertainment known as uh, fantasy? So films, games, books, Jeff, why don't you give a... I think you'd you interact with it
1: in the same way that you interact with any other genre. You know, one of the challenges that Chris is... So this is what I did my my doctoral work on, uh, the influence of film on uh, the faith life, especially of young adults. Um, and one of the challenges, as I've said before on our podcast over the last 400 episodes, is that we <laughs> tend to e- either approach our interaction with our culture Our cultural forms, like music or uh, movies, we either approach it by saying uh, we are going to abstain completely from from it. Does that make sense? Like, so for Christians, we're like, well, we don't watch movies, or we don't watch, you know, because we don't want to be polluted by that sort of thing. And then there's the other approach, which is totally, almost fully adopting the thing, saying, no, we're going to fully embrace the movies and look for like the Christ character in them, maybe. I I actually think that um you know you you can abstain that that's very much your freedom. If you choose to abstain from that that's that's great. Fine. Uh I wouldn't say I would say then that you shouldn't pass that that kind of judgment on to every other Christian because I think that's a Christian freedom issue. Uh I would warn you against fully embracing every film that you ever see without have ever being critical about it. I actually think that that's the approach that we ought to be taking. Uh, I, I, I've used the phrase before, we should be uh, sieves instead of sponges, right? Sponges just absorb whatever it is that's around them, whereas sieves are weeding it out. And so the question that you should be asking about any genre, whatever it is, a comedy movie, a drama, a fantasy, whatever, you should be asking your question questions, what about this film is true, right? And good, the good, true, and, and beautiful. Like, what, what about it is, is uh, endorsed by Scripture, First of all, what is it saying, right? Mm. And is that thing it's saying true, good, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um it is really possible for a for a fantasy film to like Harry Potter to be saying really good true beautiful things. Like evil is bad, right? And it should be fought against and uh good should triumph and friendship should, you know, should 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 be victorious in the end and that we by working together, can achieve great purpose. These are all things that are embraced by scripture. To be honest with you, right? Mm-hmm. And they're common graces in our in our world, and so we should champion all those things. Are there parts of it that we should reject because we're like, eh, sure? Is there such thing? Is there such thing as uh, dragons? Probably not. Uh, is is there such thing as witches? Uh, here in the West, we'd say no, but other parts of the world would say, would say absolu- absolutely, absolutely that there are, are there good witches? Well, I mean, those are all questions that you, you would want to ask about a particular film, right? So I'm just saying that there's a way to interact with cultural forms like music and film where you, you hold them, um, uh, you question what they're trying to say and you interact with them the way that the directors or the authors of those forms want want you to interact with them, but then mm-hmm. you ask the next question. So you're understanding the meaning, but then you're asking the next question. Okay, now I'm going to evaluate that meaning. Is that true according to the Christian worldview? Mm-hmm. Does that make
3: sense? Mm-hmm. So there was... Um, I was working at a church in Scotland 1999-2000, um, around that time, and uh, Harry Potter, like one of the one of the books came out around the time when I was there. And it it, it seemed like in Scotland, uh, there was a united front among churches to call their uh, parishioners not to go and buy this book. And kids were lining Why? up. The reason for that was there was... Uh, Either research done or um, information that had come to light that some of the spells that were being that were written in the book uh, that the kids were using the characters that they are actual actual real spells that people um, that that witches in Scotland were actually using when they're choosing to curse or to do whatever the activity, and so uh, various. Uh, vicars and pastors and all that are saying, you know what, these are the things of the devil and you do not want to participate in this and that. It was a huge thing. Now, I did not know Harry Potter at all. Like, I had never read a book. I didn't know. That was the first time. Like, what is Harry Potter? Like, I had no idea because we don't have that kind of genre in Africa, at least when I was uh, growing up and uh, into my 20s, that was not there. So uh, the question then, I guess, uh, Jeff, to you in particular, would be, uh, like, what you're saying is actually, like, I'm with you totally. Like, I think we, we engage with culture and we begin to evaluate uh, the, the the material being presented, and then we, we seek truth, and we promote truth, and what is false, we discard, absolutely. Uh, I am wondering, how do we answer Uh, particularly people who are immigrants now who come from various cultures who will have been aware of the spiritual world or things like that. So there are horror movies that are there or sitcoms that are horror that someone from a third world or whatever will come with some uh, presuppositions regarding these kinds of things and their understanding of the other world is way greater than a North American naturalist who may look at it and say, you know what, that is just, I mean... It was entertainment, but that's it for me so uh, how do we how do we pastor people there? well my response
1: is that I think that the scriptures uh, speak about Christian freedom uh, and that's what you're dealing with here there there are certain i mean in the case of the the passages on Christian freedom in Romans and in first Corinthians you're dealing with meat sacrificed to idols for example, and there'd be people who would have been in for example the first the Corinthian church who had a background in uh parts of that culture that would have been like, there's no way I'm ever eating meat sacrificed to an idol, ever, 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 ever. But others would have been like, ah, yeah, it's not an issue. Mm -hmm. And that essentially is, I think, what Paul's interacting with. And he says those who have that uh, kind of disposition where they never want to eat meat sacrificed to idols, that's their Christian freedom. They're responsible not to pass that judgment on others. Similarly, though, uh, those who have freedom to do that kind of thing would respond by saying, "Well, I wanna, I wanna uh, do whatever I can to edify my brother or sister. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take them to a place where meat is gonna be sacrificed. You know, like where they have to eat the meat. So, so using that in modern, so that sounds, all oh, that sounds really dated. Uh, I'll use it in modern terms then. So, in in regards to this, I I would say that if you have the freedom to watch a, a movie." About fantasy or whatever it is, then you should embrace the Christian freedom. In your freedom, you should be, uh, you know, culturally competent, <laughs> and understand that there are um, things in that film that don't match up to biblical guidelines, right? And that you right. should be questioning those. So be a sieve, not a sponge. Mm-hmm. And then there are going to be some among us who are like, "No, I would never go and do that." So, and I would say, "Okay, well, that's your that's your." That's that. That's your prerogative, as you know. Somebody who I don't want you to I don't want you to uh, destroy your own conscience, so that you go watch these movies or uh, read books that are about fantasy. But I do want to help. I mean, I do want to help you understand the 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 nature of what what's being written and how to interact with culture and stuff. And so I still want to disciple you along those ways. But you still might that still might be something that's against your conscience. I know some people who don't like, you know, going to places where drums are. Used because they have a background in in uh, in you know uh, club scenes and stuff like that. And the drums remind them of what they used to come from, and so they don't go to those places. Uh, but similarly, they or they they shouldn't be passing that judgment they should say, "Well, no Christian should ever go to anywhere where drums are played." And likewise, people who are really happy to go to places where drums are played shouldn't be taking their friend who's offended, you know, do you see what I mean? Who's mm-hmm. like conscience is going to be broken or hurt to a place where they have to engage with the drums. That when they're together, they'll go somewhere they don't do that. Does that make sense? Right, right, right. right. So uh, what, I, what I'm saying is, I, you know, I as it as it specific, I mean, My other point here is that as it specifically pertains to things like fantasy or witchcraft or these sorts of things, I, I would respond also by saying I think a lot of people would be have no trouble watching a film where someone gets shot. Right. Right. Mm. Well, I think that's wicked. Mm -hmm. Right, I I think that's it's awful that someone gets shot, or when there's a there's a couple in a film who have uh, an extramarital relationship, or there's a couple in a film who have sex before marriage, or I mean, I, I could pick a myriad of different things that aren't reflected in Scripture, right, or are are said by Scripture to be bad things. I'm what I'm saying is that doesn't necessarily mean that the film itself, because it includes that thing is evil, that that thing might be shown to be bad. The film itself might be saying, oh, this is a good thing. This couple slept together before they Mm -hmm. got married. But we as Christians watch that, and we say, "Mm -mm, no, it's not, right? No, it's not. We're critical about that part of it. Mm -hmm. But we also can see certain good things in the film as well. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I'm saying that this is the way we should interact with almost all of the culture that we live in, is that you're in the world but not of it. But y- 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 which means you have to be a good critic of it. You have to be a, a sieve, not a sponge with what you see.
3: I mean, the same thing would be, apply- would be applied to the music and the songs oh, and the l- lyrics. Absolutely. Some are people are going to be free to listen that. to
1: Drake, you know, because uh, the language doesn't bother them or the content doesn't bother them. And, but, you know, it bothers me. I don't like Drake because of all that. It's just, it bugs me. And it b- bugs me on a conscience level. I'm willing to say, you know, like I, it's okay for you to listen, listen to that, but don't do it with me. (laughs) Do you understand what I mean? Uh,
0: So, so what about in a pre-service playlist? There's a (laughs) rap, song, not a Drake (laughs) song, but there's a Christian, yeah, R&B Christian rap song, yeah, and that just hearing the Mm. underlying music pricks the conscience of people. What's the responsibility of us yeah, and our? This is where you get into playlist. issues
1: like form, though. I, I, like, is there anything evil with the form itself? Right. So this is the, my big pushback on the drums thing. Right. Is there anything evil about the drum itself? It might remind you of certain things, but l- this is where I'm saying I want to disciple sh- disciple you into this. Mm-hmm. So if your criticism would be, well, R and B is evil because it's used for this particular purpose. Yeah, but it's also used for for to glorify God. In fact, R and you you I mean, look at the history. R and B actually finds a lot of its, its uh, origins Roots. in the gospel mm. music. That's why you have some of the tunes in the, mm-hmm. And they still incorporate some of the gospel choir stuff in, in a lot mm-hmm. of it. So, I, so you can see how early R&B was actually very Christian-y type stuff, and some people still use it that way. There's a lot of songs that are like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll give you an example. Like, uh, do you remember? You guys don't remember? You're too young, Greg. Darcy and Ezra will do this, and Stephanie's way too young. But uh, do, you, do you remember M.C. Hammer? Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, huh? okay, so, yeah. M.C. Hammer had this song called Pray. You've yeah. got to pray, pray. D- to just to make
2: it to the day. I know that song.
1: Pray. Pray. Do you know that song, Greg? Yeah, man. Okay. The song immediately after that on his album was called uh, Soft and Wet. Oh, gosh. And it was about what you'd think those terms would, <laughs> would refer to. So what do I do there? Like uh, I'm, this is part of my point here is that you have there. There is a I I, I listen to MC Hammer and I listen to the pray when I think this is a great song, and then I listen to the self you when I'm like this is not a great song, yeah. and I'm critical both about, about both. Even when I'm listening to this stuff about pray are you saying stuff about prayer that I think is true in a right. Christian sense? Like what are you meaning by what you're singing, what you're rapping, and what what is it true? And I wouldn't say that just by the content either. Sometimes the the tunes themselves and stuff is it beautiful? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'm just oh, I'm advocating us to be really better critics of art, right? As Christians, and to understand that not every piece of art that you see is going to be embracing your worldview, and you should be able to uh, understand how that piece of art doesn't embrace your worldview, but that doesn't mean that the artist didn't display the image of God in the way that they. You know, some of those beautiful things ever created are done by atheists, Uh, you know, like paintings and things like that. But so I want to say, hey, look, look at the image of God coming through you as you painted this thing. And yet the same thing, the meaning that you're painting, it sucks. Mm. And it's not true, which, of course, reminds me of the plight of human beings. And there's a lot of things that you can you can reflect on in that. So, Ezra, you uh, mentioned
0: that you spent some time in Scotland. Yeah. So, uh, rapid fire round. Uh, favorite meal that was made for you in Scotland? Haggis.
3: No question. Have you
1: ever made that yourself?
3: Yes. I actually had someone uh, ship it frozen to me.
1: Would you make it right now? How do you make it?
3: Oh, haggis. You, you would boil it and then you could... Uh, boil what? The the haggis itself. like what it? Comes, it? It's, it's a big fat sausage with made all of sorts what? of stuff in it. What kind of stuff? Oh, you got to try it first. So, yeah, you got to try it first. Oh, man. If I think of hack, I'm now drooling right now. So, second question. Best, I, I can best see you, me ever. that's
0: not actually true. You're not drooling. Uh, second question Did you
3: ever wear a kilt in Scotland? Oh, brother, no. I was too cold for, <laughs> okay. for the kilt. Thank you very much Did indeed. You- what do you mean you took, did, I, I I Did people I, offer I, I, to let you wear yes. A kilt? Yes, they offered and They're I like rejected. I will give you
1: the kilt off my do just, you can know I tell you right now that 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 would offend me okay, and but, my but, conscience. But, but, but if wait you first. wore a kilt.
3: But but he's the problem with his problem with wearing a kilt. Don't ever lead me is. into a place where you're wearing a kilt, <laughs> he's, please. Here's a problem with wearing a kilt in Scotland. Particularly in Aberdeen, it is windy. Oh my word, it is windy. Okay. So now you have this Good. kilt on. Right, uh, no, thank you. No, I'm sorry. Darcy, if you want a kilt?
2: Uh no, Jeff.
1: No, no, I have no, no interest in wearing a kilt or a dress or
0: Jeff you'd look great, I think. Good. Anything. Thank you so much for listening to the extra podcast and
1: we'll be here next week.